Okay, friends. So today we are reading a story called Just the Way You Are. It's written by um, Max Lucado. And the art in the pictures is by Sergio Martinez. And it's read today by Mommy. And have you got a name, kiddo? ST. ST. Stands for Strong Temper. No. Silly Tiger. Should I say S stands for Sappy? No. Slinky. Uh-uh. Smarmy? No. Swampy. Steve? Yes. Oh man, I got there. <laughs> Took me a long time. <laughs> well, Steve, do you want to know something? I love you just the way you are. Just like the book says, just the way you are. Are you ready to hear about the story? Mm-hmm. Just the way you are. Here we go. And they don't have spaces. No. And so I'm gonna say the way you are. Just the way you are. Okay. Because they don't have spaces. Yeah, their words don't have a lot of space between them. But a bunch of a little. All right, just the way you are, here we go. A long time ago, in a land much like your own, there was a village, and in the village lived five orphans. A lonely family of fatherless children they had banded together against the cold. That's what it means to be an orphan. It means that you don't have a mother or a father. One day, the king learned of their misfortune and decided to adopt them. He announced that he would be their father and would come for them soon. When the children learned that they had a new father and that their father was a king and that their king was coming to visit, they went wild with excitement. When the people of the village learned that the children had a father and their father was the king and their king was coming to visit them in the village, they were excited as well. They went out to see the children and told them what to do. You need to impress the king, they explained. Only those with great gifts to give will be allowed to live in the castle. Well, the people didn't know the king. They just thought that all kings want to be impressed. So the children began preparing gifts to offer the king. And they worked long and hard to be sure the king would approve. So one of the children who knew how to carve decided to give the king a wonderful work of wooden art. He set his knife against the soft bark of an elm and whittled. And that means that you take some, you take a sharp tool and you cut through the wood to make a design. That's what whittling is. 
The small blocks of wood came alive with the eyes of a sparrow or the nose of a horse. And his sister decided to present the king with a painting that captured the beauty of the heavens, a painting worthy to hang in his castle. Another sister chose music as her way to impress the king. For long hours, she practiced with her voice in mandolin, and village people will stop at the window and listen as her music took wings and soared. Yet another child set out to turn the king's head with his wisdom. Late hours, he would find his, ca- his candle lit and his books open, geography and math and chemistry. Now, I realized as I was reading this, I'm not sure if you know what all those things are. Geography is the study of the world. So I know, ca- we're I the- know wood carving. You, yeah, that, that was whittling you that cut, the other child. You mm-hmm. cut down a tree. Mm. You take the wood mm. and then you like Carve into it with a sharp tool. Make some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I see what you're doing there with your hands. Yeah, he was showing me exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, um, geography is when you're studying the land, uh, where where things are, and how they are. Like over there's a mountain, and it's this far away from us, right? Now, math is of course when you study your numbers, right? how numbers work with one another, how you can put them together and take them apart and make more of them and all kinds of different things. And chemistry is when you have different um, materials that you put together to make new things, chemicals or various other um, materials, okay? So the breadth of his study was matched only by the depth of his desire. Surely a king would appreciate all his knowledge. But there was one sister who had nothing to offer. Her hand was clumsy with the knife, her fingers stiff with the brush. And when the little girl opened her mouth to sing, the sound was hoarse. She wasn't much of a reader. She believed she had no talent. And so she believed she had no gift. All she had to offer was her heart, for her heart was good. She spent her time at the city gates watching the people come and go. She would earn pennies to buy food for her brothers and sisters by grooming people's horses or feeding their animals. She was a simple, stable girl, but she had a good heart. And she knew the beggars by name. She took time to pet each dog. She welcomed home the travelers and greeted the strangers. How is your journey? She would ask. Tell me, what did you learn on your visit? How is your husband? Did you enjoy your new work? She was full of questions for people because her heart was so big and she cared about people and they were all the same to her, the beggars and the rich, but she cared for all of them just the way they were. But since the little girl thought she had no talent and no gift, she was afraid the king would be disappointed. She remembered the villagers' advice and set her mind about the task of making a gift for the king. 
She took a small knife and went to her brother, the carver. Could you te teach me to carve? She asked. Sorry, the young craftsman responded without even looking up. I've much work to do. I haven't time for you. The king is coming, you know. Now the girl put away her knife and picked up a brush. She went to her sister, the artist. She found her on a hill painting a sunset on a canvas. You paint so beautifully, the girl who had no gift but a big heart. I know, the painter answered. Could you share your gift with me? Not now, the sister responded with eyes on her palette. The king is coming, you know. The girl with no gift then remembered her other sister, the one with the song. She will help me, she said. When she arrived at her sister's house, she found a crowd of people waiting to listen to her sister sing. Sister, she called. Sister, I've come to listen and learn. But her sister couldn't hear. The noise of the applause was too loud. With a heavy heart, the girl turned and walked away. And then she remembered her other brother. She took a book with small words in big letters and went to see him. I have nothing to offer the king, she said. Can you teach me to read so I, I, I might show him my wisdom? The young sage-to-be didn't speak. He was lost in thought. The child with no gift spoke again. Can you help me? I have no talent. Go away, said the scholar, barely moving his eyes from the text. Can't you see I'm preparing myself for the coming of the king? So the girl went away, sadly. She had nothing to give. She returned to her place at the city gates and took up her task of caring for people's animals. After some days, a man in merchant's clothing came to the small town. Can you feed my donkey? He asked the girl. The orphan jumped to her feet and looked into the brown face of the one who had traveled far. His skin was leathery from the sun and his eyes were deep, and his kind smile warmed the girl's heart. That I can, she answered eagerly, leading the animal to the trough. Trust him to me, and when you return, he will be groomed and fed. Tell me, she asked as the, as the donkey drank. Have you come to stay? Only for a little while. I'm looking for someone. Are you weary from your journey? That I am. Would you like to sit and rest? You think? The girl motioned to a bench near the wall, and the tall man sat on the bench, leaned against the wall, closed his eyes, and slept. After a few minutes, he woke and found the girl sitting at his feet, watching his face. She was embarrassed that he'd caught her staring as she turned away. Have you been sitting there long? Yes. What do you seek? Nothing. You, you 
seem to be a kind man with a peaceful heart. It's just good to be near you. The man smiled, stroked his beard. You are a wise girl, he said. When I return, we will visit more. And the man did return quite soon. Did you find the ones you were seeking? The girl asked. I found them, but they were too busy for me. What, what do you mean? Uh, the first one I came to see was a woodsmith rushing to complete a project and he told me to return tomorrow. Another was an artist. I saw her sitting on a hillside, but the people below said she did not want to be disturbed. The other was a musician. I sat with the others and listened to her music, but when I asked to talk to her, she said she had no time. And the other I sought had left. He has moved to the city to go to school. The girl's eyes widened as she realized who the man was. But you don't look like a king, she gasped. I try not to. He explained, being a king could be lonely. People act strangely around me. They ask for favors. They try to impress me. They bring all their complaints, but... But isn't that what a king is for? Asked the girls. Well, certainly, responded the king. But there are times I just want to be with my people. There are times when I just want to talk to my people to hear about their day and laugh a bit and cry some. But there are times when I just want to be their father. Is that why you adopted the children? That's why. Adults think they have to impress me, but children don't. They just want to talk to me. They know that I love them just the way they are. But my brothers and sisters were too busy. They were. But I'll come back. Maybe they'll have more time another day. The girl hesitated. Sir, what about me? I have no gift, but I would like to be your child. The king smiled. My dear, you gave me the best gift. Of all, you gave me your heart and your kindness and your time and your love. Of course you'll be my child. I love you just the way you are. And so it happened that the children with their many talents but no time missed the visit of the king. While the girl whose only gift was the gift of her heart became the child of the king. And that, my friends, is 